You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. On Monday, special counsel Robert Mueller unsealed a guilty plea by Trump campaign advisor George Papadopoulos, who's cooperating with Mueller's investigation into possible Russian collusion during last year's presidential campaign. This morning, Bloomberg News reported that among the unsealed documents relating to Papadopoulos is a reference to an email that he sent to a Russian contact saying that the Trump campaign had approved a meeting with members of Russian President Vladimir Putin's office and the Russian foreign ministry. If true, this would be the clearest contradiction, clearest indication so far that the campaign was at least attempting to coordinate with the Russian government. Here to talk with us about uh, Mueller's investigation and this latest revelation are Jed Sugarman, a professor at Fordham University Law School, and Ryan Goodman, a professor at NYU Law School, who is the former special counsel to the general counsel of the Department of Defense. Ryan, tell us about um, what we know about this email that Papadopoulos sent uh, when he was communicating with the Russians. Right. So the email, um, as reported by Bloomberg, is um, quite important because it says, uh, at least Papadopoulos is representing to the Russians, that he has the go-ahead from the Trump campaign to organize a meeting with uh, Russian officials. And then he specifically says that that would include the campaign manager, uh, who at the time is Paul Manafort. So uh, that starts to link things together if indeed he was genuinely representing uh, a kind of a green light from the campaign. Uh, that would be an important revelation in all of this. Jed, Manafort's spokesman uh, has a different interpretation of that, and so does um, Clovis, who was the the campaign, uh, part of the campaign, they said that he had no authority to make those kinds of uh, agree- agreements or and that there's no evidence that that took place. But would it surprise you if there was no evidence at this point because the FBI, according to the affidavit even, says this affidavit is being submitted for the limited purpose of establishing probable cause for a criminal complaint, it does not set forth every fact learned in the course of this investigation. So could it be that Mueller is keeping some things close to the vest? Um, I, I think it's clear that uh, Mueller is, is keeping a lot close to the vest. Um, let's keep in mind that what this plea agreement does is it absolutely only sets forth um, some, some details and, and acknowledges the existence of some emails and only summarizes emails or even just notes what the subject header of those emails is. We, don't, we haven't seen as a matter of the public what is in this long chain of emails dating from March all the way through uh, June and July. 
Um, and it's, it's clear that, uh, that Papadopoulos is cooperating with Mueller. I think the best person to address how um, Papadopoulos got this, wrote an email about his approval is Papadopoulos himself, whether it's in further emails or at some point he's going to have um, some testimony. Uh, and so that's what really should be um, explosive and would have the Trump insiders uh, the most worried. Ryan, you know, the the cooperation that Papadopoulos was doing seems to have started months before we found out about it. Uh, What sorts of things might he have been doing besides talking to to prosecutors? So um, it is possible, there's widespread speculation that um, once he turned uh, and began to cooperate the prosecutors that he might very well have then uh, um, worn a wire or in, other, or in other ways interacted with former Trump campaign officials after that point, um, getting them to say things to him um, that would then be used by Mueller's team. And there is a long period of time uh, from when he is arrested until uh, we know about it. Uh, so it's, in fact, there are a couple months in there uh, where he was working with Mueller. Um, and that could be obviously uh, very important to the investigation. Jed, the FBI arrested Papadopoulos at Dulles Airport and flipped him without any leaks until they were ready to reveal it. So it's so clear that Mueller's team knows exactly what they're doing. So then what was the reason that they, on the same day that they announced the indictments of Manafort and his associate, they unsealed this uh, criminal complaint and the plea agreement of Papadopoulos. Uh, it was quite deliberate and quite a professional move by a prosecutor. I mean, there's a, I think there's been a lot of uh, writing and speculation about how this timing worked um, as part of uh, Mueller's strategy. Um, so, first of all, to have the indictment and the arrest of Manafort um, on the same day, this added context. Um, I think part of what was going on was that they deliberately wrote an indictment of Manafort um, and Rick Gates that would focus on embezzlement and um, events that transpired before the campaign. But they also had so much of this information about collusion and conspiracy uh, during the campaign that the Papadopoulos letter was dropped after that. That essentially um, isolated Manafort uh, and and would reveal to Manafort um, on his arrest that Mueller had a huge amount of information already about uh, other criminal liability that Manafort would be facing. He would read this Papadopoulos plea agreement and recognize, one, his own emails are, are written throughout this plea agreement, and that Papadopoulos, it's not an indictment, it's a plea deal where, uh, where Papadopoulos is stipulating the truth of all these allegations and has indicated he's going to cooperate. So all of a sudden, Manafort sees this and understands um, the, the gravity um, and his uh, criminal liability here. We've been talking with Jed Sugarman, a professor at Fordham University Law School, and Ryan Goodman, a professor at NYU Law School about the latest developments in the investigation into possible Russian collusion in last year's presidential campaign, including uh, information that was uh, in the court papers that were unsealed on Monday. George Papadopoulos, a former Trump campaign foreign policy advisor, uh, apparently sent an email to his Russian contact saying that the Trump campaign had approved a meeting with Russian government officials, uh, a claim that goes farther to uh, substantiate, if it is true, substantiate Uh, claims that the campaign was at least attempting to collude with Russia during the campaign. 
Jed, you were talking about the fact that um, there's some additional pressure on Manafort that you can sort of discern from the way that uh, from the way that uh, the special counsel has released information showing that perhaps his emails are things that they've uncovered between him and Papadopoulos about these sort of Russian meetings. Is it possible that there are additional charges against Manafort that prosecutors are considering but that they haven't released yet? I think that's quite likely. Uh, first of all, the, the reporting on the, uh, the Papadopoulos plea deal identifies the high-ranking official with a series of emails to Papadopoulos as Manafort. There, there may be a reason, a particular reason why Mueller is being strategic about which charges to file against Manafort now. The concern is that Trump may be pardoning, may have, may have already promised a pardon, or may indeed pardon people like Manafort and perhaps more. This has been floated in the media by various um, supporters of the Trump administration. And uh, keep in mind that a presidential pardon only affects federal crimes. So if, if, if they proceed, um, there could always be state prosecutions, but in some states like New York do not allow a second prosecution if one has already been prosecuted on the federal level. So I think Mueller is quite aware of this. He's already coordinated with New York officials, um, and uh, as has been reported. So he may be selective in which charges to file in order to make sure that there's still the threat of state prosecution against Manafort for all kinds of crimes like conspiracy or trafficking, trafficking in stolen goods, um, conspiracy to, to engage in hacking. I think that's part of the strategy here. Ryan, I want to take a look at Sam Clovis, who's the campaign's national co was the campaign's national co-chairman. He also supervised Papadopoulos. And according to NBC, he was questioned last week by Mueller's team and testified before a grand jury. Do you see any connection between the announcement about Papadopoulos and Clovis going before a grand jury? Yes, I think so, um, especially because they would want to have Clovis there before he is aware of what is in this plea agreement. And just to tie two pieces of this together, um, what Bloomberg reported in terms of this uh, you know, email that had not been reported on by anybody else where Papadopoulos says to the Russians, I have approval for a very high-level team on my side to meet uh, with the Russians, it, that's July 14th. And in the plea agreement is the email from Clovis to Papadopoulos saying, I would encourage you, quote unquote, I would encourage you, and then another, and another foreign policy advisor to the campaign, quote, to make the trip if it is feasible. So you put those two t pieces together, Clovis himself is in legal jeopardy. And I think the timing of that uh, now seems to make a lot of sense. So, Jed, you know, Everybody was focusing on Monday on perhaps Manafort had refused to cooperate, and that's why he, you know, he was only indicted for these uh, crimes that were not about the, the actual collusion. And perhaps the focus would turn to Flynn. Does this make it look more like the focus here is really on Manafort and his and his associate Gates, or is it does this still look like it might be kind of more wide ranging than just him? Oh, I think the Papadopoulos document shows how wide-ranging this is. I just want to support Ryan's interpretation, as I think exactly on here, and think about how many different officials are in this timeline um, who are not named. But um, in, in addition to Manafort and Clovis, there are some other officials who are in, on these email chains. All of this is a signal that this is a very broad investigation and that the Manafort um, indictment is, uh, is the first of many 
um, and I think the uh, the effort is to um, was to make us was to identify to the public how much they had get Manafort first. One piece of speculation is why hasn't Flynn been indicted yet? Maybe Flynn is actually cooperating um, in the same way that there are indications that Clovis may now be cooperating with prosecutors. So, so that's that's the breadth here. Ryan, I just want to turn for one moment to the terrorist attack in New York. President Trump has uh, called for tougher vetting of immigrants coming into this country. Governor Cuomo of New York said that this man was radicalized after he came to this country. What's your opinion of tougher vetting as, you know, preventing terrorist attacks? So, um... That's a great question. I don't know what the president could conceivably have in mind that would be an effective vetting procedure um, when, if a person were like this particular individual, what we currently know, radicalized once they get into the United States. To me, it is an indication that he is pointing back towards his statements as uh, you know, late as January 2017 of a much greater ban on people. Um, and who knows, um, maybe he's even thinking of uh, making allusions to a ban on people on the basis of their ethnicity or other categories of countries. I can't understand what that vetting procedure would really be other than something um, much more radical Ryan, than I'm I'm any of his to, three executive I'm have orders. I'm to end, end it right here. Thank you to Ryan Goodman of NYU Law School and Jed Sugarman of Fordham Law, University Law School for being here on Bloomberg Law. Coming up, we'll be talking about Exxon settling pollution violations in Texas and Louisiana for about $300 million in a case brought by the Trump administration. That's straight ahead on Bloomberg Law. This is Bloomberg. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.